0: Growth in Christian Virtue. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren... Be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind, eyewitnesses. For we do not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, This scripture is uh, one that we focus a lot on with our ministry. Uh, one of the big reasons is is um, as we're tasked with um, reading the Bible and all these spiritual disciplines, we're supposed to be growing and enriching our um, exercise in those tasks. So we're supposed to read the Bible. Well, there's lots of people who just pick up and start reading and they don't really get much from it. They, uh, there is positive things that happen for them because of the reading of the Bible, but it's not really an enriching. It's, there's, there's a lot of um, things that could be done more. So I fully agree that when someone picks up the Bible and reads it, there's positive things happen for them in their life. But I also fully agree that there's things that they could be doing more to enrich that knowledge. In uh, Deuteronomy 6, God says to meditate on his word daily and that it should be not just 30 minutes in a day or 10 minutes in a day, but it should be um, throughout the entire day. It should constantly be on our minds. It should be in our work. Whenever he said that you should put it on your forehead and when you put it on your hands, your hands represent what you are physically doing for work. So the work should reflect scripture. And then, of course, put it on your forehead. Well, that's actually uh, symbolic of that. That's where your spiritual eye is. But it's also the way that you view and see the world you should view and see the world through the scripture and that lens of the scripture so as we are supposed to be reading his word we should be following this in second peter 1 where it says that his um scriptures are filled from the beginning to the end with precious and magnificent promises. There are promises. Now these are promises given to us by spiritual being to us as spiritual beings. God gave us these promises. And if you don't look into or look at the the scriptures as promises given to you by God, then you're missing the mark on it. There's a lot more that you could do to make it even better as you pick up the book, as you pick up the Bible and read it. So he gives us these promises, and the truth is that those promises are going to be kept, period. So when you read a promise in Scripture, like, for example, even in this here, it says um, in this Scripture that... We have been given the divine power. All of the divine power has been granted to us through Jesus Christ. So, knowing that promise should help you whenever you're facing any kind of a situation, not because of who you are, not because of what you say, but because of acknowledging what Jesus Christ did for you. You have that authority, you have the authority over the enemy. You have the authority to speak, and the enemy has to respond to that, but it's not because of the authority that you have in you. It's because of the authority you have in Jesus. But that's a promise. So when I'm faced with anything pertaining to a spiritual battle, which that's exactly what our battle is. It is a spiritual battle, not flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle. So whenever I'm facing something in regards to that spiritual battle, I can lean on this promise and say, Father, you you promised. And because of that promise, I know that I've got the authority to tell this spirit to leave in Jesus' name. And it's done. I have to also know, because in James, another promise, if those of us, if you are in need of something, just ask God. Ask God, but with the faith and knowing that he gives generously, without hesitation. He gives to us. So whenever we have a need, a need, not a, oh, I really want a new Cadillac. That's not a need. But if it's, you know, maybe my car's acting up and I need a solution for that. God's not going to deliver. Now he can, but he's not more than likely not gonna deliver a new car right to your curb and throw the keys in your window and run off. But what he is gonna do is give you the means. Father, your promise says that if I'm in need, I can ask and you're gonna give as a good father would. And and I need a new vehicle, I need transportation so that my, my family can be able to do whatever we need to do. So father, I'm praying that you could help me to do this. Well, great, just like parting the waters. He could have done it all by his own power, but he wanted Moses to raise the staff. So now you've given him this prayer. And you know by his promise he's going to deliver, but he's going to deliver through your actions. So get to work and go get it. And he'll help you make it happen. Sitting around and waiting for it is what a lazy person does. And you'll never see it happen. And he doesn't reward that. So. One more thing, there's another kind of promise also, and it's written right in here. You have the promise, which is a truth that he gives you. And you know, you just have to pray and thank him. Thank him for this truth and receive it in faith. And then let your fruit show that you believe it. But then on the other side, it's um, a commandment. And he gives us a commandment. Those are promises. As an example here, Um, in 20, it says, but know this first of all, he's telling you that's a command. Know this, you must have this knowledge. It's a requirement for you to know that's a command. Know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Right? So therefore, if that is a promise, then I know that. I cannot determine what the scripture says. Instead, I have to take scripture to help me determine what the scripture says. But the biggest gift that I've been given, one being scripture, and then the other two being the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the giver of understanding. He's the one who helps us to understand that which we can't. And so whenever you think that you know it all, you have all the answers That pride is going to make you crumble. But when you understand this promise and with humility, you say, Father, you promise this is a a promise here. It's a command that no prophecy can be interpreted by my own understanding. I need you to help me. I need you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you could help me to understand this scripture that I don't understand because I can't know it without you showing me. That's humility. There's power in that, but it's a promise. It's a promise that he has. He's given it to us. So from in the beginning all the way to amen, the Bible is full of promises. Holy Spirit uses these promises to engage with us and interact with us as we read the scriptures and if you know and understand that that truth will set you free and that is something that we teach on our um, on all of our pursuit for truth events that's something that we believe everybody should really know is how to read the scriptures and understand that God's given you these promises. So, Father, thank you for the promises that are written in your book. And thank you that you uh, think so highly of us that you've given us these promises. Help us to understand how to fully engage with Holy Spirit as we read your scriptures. And help us to receive the, the truth that you've given to us in these promises. And also give us the courage, the ability to be able to keep the commands that you've given us through these promises. I pray for all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family. As we dig into our daily portion with Wit Ministries, God bless.